Welcome to the first episode of the behind-the-scenes content for Madame Xanadu, presented by Don't Sue Us, Please. Today, for our first episode, we have a really special one. We are joined by three out of the four voice actresses who played Madame Xanadu. Stephanie Lavadera, Alejandra Venancio, and Christine Seisler. We're also joined by myself, Josh Wilson, our director, Kelly Monroe Johnston, and the writer for Madame Xanadu, John Petrie. It turned out to be a great conversation that will be split into two parts, one at the beginning of the behind the scenes content and one at the end. This is the first part. As always, I will be your narrator to guide us through the tangents that we will inevitably get on. Before we get started, I would just like to mention that episodes like this are brought to you by listeners like you subscribing to us on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the superhero podcast. We're also on all social media platforms at the superhero podcast. Also, this episode contains spoilers for Madame Xanadu. You've been warned. Enjoy the episode. Ladies, welcome. Uh, uh, it is delightful again to have both you, he- y'all here, as well as John. Um, uh, so, well, here's how we're going to do this. I'm just going to go around and ask you to uh, to roundtable introduce yourselves. And yes, I'm going to ask you to to say what character you characters actually plural, if you recall that you played. Um, and if you don't, no worries. But at least if you can give us an idea of which Madam Sandadu you are so that the listening audience understands the correlation. Uh, and then John, I'm, I'm gonna let you, you, like you are gonna just dazzle us with your bio. So um, uh, I'm gonna start on my, what is visually my left. So Alex, that's you kiddo. Hello, uh, my name is Alejandra or Alex Venancio. Um, I was Madame Xanadu for the first episode and scattered throughout the rest of the episodes, I was various voices. Um, the secretary was my favorite one. I'm forgetting her name at the moment, but <laughs> that, that was really great when she <coughs> popped up and bunny. So they, I mean, it was visiting them again was great. Um, so yeah, that, that's who I was. Did you want a bio as well? Or sure, I bring it. Yeah. No, I was just, uh, no, bring it, man. <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally fine. Enough for me, but 50 I 50 word just, bio, uh, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm currently in New York city. Um, I do acting sort of across the spectrum, <laughs> voice, theater, film, whatever. Uh, right. That's 50 words, right? Um, 50-ish. 50-ish. Yeah. I study physical words. theater performance. There um, you go. Love it. That's, that's it. There's there you the, go. There you go. Boom. Is that what you're looking for? Thanks. Yeah, perfect. Steph, I you're I need up. to be oh, here. Oh, uh, we're, uh, I, I, and we are just, actually, all kidding aside, do you prefer... Alejandra or do, Alejandra or do you for Alex? No, whichever you want. I, I'm used to calling you Alex, but I don't want to address you in a way that you do. No, you can call me Alex. The only reason I said Alejandra is because the episode at the very end says my. Oh no, so we're, very clear, we're very clear about giving you full credit. No, 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 no. no Thank no. you. We don't abbreviate. Alex. Yeah. I'm All right. All right, uh, Stephanie, you're up. 
Uh, hi, I'm Stephanie Lavadera, and I play Madame Xanadu in the fourth episode. And I don't, I don't remember if I, if I was any other characters. You were, you were um, uh, the daughter's. I think you were either the daughter's best. I think you were the daughter's best friend in Christine's episode. Mm-hmm, I think so. That's the only one I haven't li- been able to listen to. <laughs> 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 I listen. I've listened to all the other ones, but I haven't been able to listen to the third one. All right. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, and I don't, anything else about? I'm a, an actor and uh, a voiceover. I do voiceovers, and I'm a teaching artist in New York City. Excellent, Christine. Hi. Um, so I played Madame Xanadu in uh, episode three. Although I have to admit, I was like. I had to go back and look at emails and find scripts. I'm like, which one did I do? <laughs> and I'm like, so it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, so I actually live in Maryland now. I used to live in New York. Um, life took us here, but uh, I started doing some theater down here now. And of course, the pandemic came. And uh, But we did, I met Kelly doing a lot of producing and acting. And this was my very first uh, podcast, so... Very excited about that. <laughs> and then last but never least, in my heart, Mr. John Petrie. Hi, uh, I am, uh, my name is John. I wrote Madame Xanadu, so it is so nice <laughs> to meet the, the madams, um, because at various points I was there during one reading, but not another reading, and didn't, was working during the recordings. And so, um, so yes, it's lovely to meet you all. Um, uh, I live in New York as well in this beautiful apartment with a completely blank background because I find it very soothing. Um, uh, so it's so nice to meet you all. <laughs> That's actually a great headshot background though. Oh, Wait, you know, yes, it is. That's true. Out of all of us, you win the headshot background uh, right. award. Our backgrounds are too busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last but not least, I'm your humble narrator. Uh, and I actually reached out to everybody and cast the show and directed. So, uh, and I'm Kelly, in case anyone didn't pick up on that. Um, all right. So, first off, uh, I want to acknowledge that uh, Leslie Lewis, who played our fourth Madame was not able to join us today, which is a bummer. She did a lovely job. And she also played Vixen uh, in the last episode. And that's, a, that's certainly a hell of a switch between her. So, I want to acknowledge that she participated and couldn't join us today. Um, so first off, ladies, you've had a chance to hear it. Uh, and and I, I only know because, obviously I directed it, that we actually back, y- y'all, are, y'all are original. Y'all are original, y'all are uh, uh, original series Star Trek. You are, you are Star Wars, the first trilogy, because we recorded both Madame Xanadu and um, Wonder Woman three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I know in particular, now we've worked out a, you know, when we have you back to work with us again, you'll find it a very different experience because now we actually do a table read and you guys have a guide track to guide off of. And sometimes we record cup, you know, like multiple people, but usually it's, it's still individual recording, but it's not quite in the same vacuum that y'all were unfortunately forced to record in. So given the way you had to record, now that you've had a chance to hear the episodes, what, what was it like between between for you between going from just reading the page and working with me and Zach who was recording at the time and hearing the final product now that Josh put his spin on it and and John had his 
his his day in the sun as to what to edit, etc. This is the first tangent of the episode. We started down the long path talking about how long ago it was that these episodes were recorded and the memory gaps that can occur when something is done so long ago. I'll get us back to the relevant parts. Well, okay, and I'm, I'm not even going to talk about my episode. Uh, I'm going to talk about Alex's because that was the first one that I, I listened right. to. And you're going to laugh. I listened to that when I went running about, a, uh, it was like a week and a, whenever it first came out, I went running. Uh-huh. I listened to it and the, the, the sound effects, literally, I'm running and I went, Oh my God, what's, what's behind me? Like, I, no, I literally did that, you guys. Like if anybody was watching me, they would have thought I was crazy. And I was like, oh my God, that's the sound. This is amazing. Josh like, I, Wilson, I, ladies and gentlemen. I, no, I seriously was blown away. And it happened like five times on my three mile run. I was like, okay, I got to stop listening to this. People are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just ridiculously impressed ridiculously impressed with the sound and just the the um the, the the effects and just the overall quality i just thought was superior i really did yeah nice. it was very very cool <laughs> so i just had to tell you that because it's funny like if you would have seen me it'd have been like what is wrong with this woman <laughs> i literally when you said it was alex's episode i was like oh you don't want to run to that one I was yeah. like, oh, oh, that's the. Oh. I had no idea what to expect, and and what was it? It was when. Oh, I'm that's the to... spooky one. Oh, that's like, yeah. pretty intense. Like, like your the... Christine, your episode, like level two spook. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, it was it was crazy, and I literally knowing it was it was the podcast. I still I still did a double take. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway. That's my first thought. <laughs> How about you, Steph? How was it for you? Um, it was it was really interesting because I mean, first when I when um, you know, you emailed that this was that it was coming out, I was like, this was like <laughs> this was like that's, two that, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then they, um, I, so I thought maybe it was like two years ago that we had recorded this, um, but it was like, God, it was no. three and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was really interesting to revisit the story. And um, it was like, it was like I was listening to it as like a listener mm-hmm. for the first oh, time because I was sure. like, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, 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 like Christine said also, it, it was, um, the sound was so so impressive um and just like a really um, like immersive felt like you know like an immersive world that i was going into excellent alex how was it for you i mean i will continue to praise josh because the <laughs> so great and you know the the quality of the voice like if you the i mean just everything it just all sort of came together. I remember vividly actually recording this because my, it was just pages. Yeah, yours, it was pages was and marathon. pages and pages. Yeah. So I remember viscerally reading through all of them out loud once or twice and you couldn't really to just to rehearse it before I even got there. And we had a limited amount of time if I remember. So we didn't really have time for, for breaks because no, there, we really no, had to get no. through it. Yeah. And so I remember being so thirsty the whole time and, and we couldn't stop and we kept just kind of going. And 
I remember if I messed up on something, it was like a really quick, okay, stop, reset and redo it. And we just really plowed through that thing in a very short amount of time. So props to Kelly. I mean, whoever was the recording engineer on that, I mean, it was a marathon. So I do remember that. I vaguely remember where we recorded, actually. There was a lot of comic books. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so I do remember a really nice home with lots of comic books. I couldn't tell you where it was, which borough, I don't remember any of that. (laughs) But I do remember the, the apartment. Um, yeah, and it kind of came up every so often in my mind, like, oh, whatever happened with that thing I spent hours, you know, looking at and recording, maybe it'll come out one day, as you know, some projects sometimes do. So, but like the other two said, when you were listen, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, right, this is that part. And like, maybe I remember what happened. Um, it was really exciting. It was really exciting to listen to those stories again, actually. Um, especially my, I mean, I was like, oh, I was listening to it with my partner and we were sitting there. I was like, oh, this is a really good part. Like, you're never going to guess what happens next. So it was really great to, to kind of re-experience those. The final product um, was great. So. It's, it's interesting, too, like, uh, because I, I was with all four of you as you were recording. Yeah, Alex, yours, is, yours was, you know, yes, kudos to Zach, who was recording, and, and thank you. But, like, kudos to you because, oh, my God, it was you know, everybody else at least gets a break and you're not kidding. Yours is like, okay, you talk for 30 minutes. There's just no, there's no pause. There's no, I mean, obviously you take a breath, but like, it's just you, you're painting that entire world. So like, kudos to you. You did it. I mean, all of you did, but that in particular, like, you know, we, we debated when we started, it was like, well, we've just done an episodic you know, Wonder Woman, multiple characters. And now we're jumping into something completely different. We're starting the audience off with a 30-minute monologue. How will that play? And, and from everything we can tell, that, that no one batted an eye at that. That was, you know. Well, and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to give credit to the author because yeah. honestly, you can't do that without a really, really good script and good storytelling and painting of a world. Like you just can't do it. So I just also want to give credit where credit is due because it was absolutely a, a pleasure to read to read that. Oh yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So when I started the first episode, I was on a bus from New York City to my sister's, and I started writing it, and. Madam Xanadu had about a paragraph worth of stuff. And then I, and I, for about 30 seconds thought I should make this whole thing a monologue. And then I immediately dismissed that. And I started writing other characters. And then I gave the episode to Kelly and Matthew who co-wrote Wonder Woman and, um, and is writing some stuff that's upcoming. And he looked at me and he was like, well, just make it a monologue. And I just thought, oh, should I do that show? Poor, <laughs> poor actor. It's so hard. And then I was like, all right. And yeah, went home and rewrote the whole thing. Well, rewrote it. And then, and then um, what was interesting, Alex, is before you saw it, it was twice as long. It, now, I understand page-wise, it wasn't twice as long. But like, it, you know, like it's just a monologue. So I think, John, what was the original version? Like four pages, five pages long, something like that? It was something like that. I think we ended up cutting about 20 minutes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like we cut 20 and like it was a good 20 minutes. But once we took taken a look at like how it would play, both Matthew and I realized like, oh, this is 45 minutes long. And we were like, ah, it's got to It's we got to we got to shoot for 30. So we not it wasn't just that John drafted it. We then stuck it to him and said, all right, go back and make this shorter. (laughs) 
Um, and he did, and it worked. So what was it like for you, John? You, you, you're the only one I didn't ask. Like, you were the originator of all of this. What was it like for you to hear it for the first time? Um, it was really, so first of all, let, can we just continue with the Josh Love Fest for a moment? <laughs> Please. I Please. mean, just we can't I mean, pay Josh, so we just praise him a lot. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. So I, I don't know. I, I am not. I, I do not come from a particularly artistic background. Um, I worked worked retail for thirty years of my life, so I read a lot. Um, so I don't know how other writers get if they get anxious when they hear something that they've written. Um, but I am consistently rewriting, and poor Kelly. <laughs> has often had to deal with my, um, you know, my 11.30 p.m. emails, like, hey, can we change this? Can we cut this the line? The answer is we... always yes, it's fine. Don't worry. It's um, we'll but it. yeah, it's it's really wonderful. I think, oh, I, I, I wrote that. And it sounds so amazing coming out of these wonderful actors, you know, hearing these wonderful actors say things and hearing this, this amazing sound design um, so yeah, I, I had a wonderful time. Good. Um, now ladies, for the three of you, John, John, of course does, uh, he does actually a, a side, side show for us on the podcast called John's Comic Corner, where he will literally like, uh, talk to a person, get to the, basically, you know what, John, you describe it. It's your gig. I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even undertake you. you. You describe this. So, um, yeah, I just ask some questions that probably seem really odd and random. Um, and then I recommend comics and uh, talk about like, oh, here's a place that you could get them or here's a place where you can, you can buy them. And then you read them. I reread them because generally I don't recommend something that I haven't read. Um, and then we sit down and you tell me what I got right and what I got wrong and what you liked and what you didn't like. Is, is anybody a comic fan? Had anyone heard of Madame Xanadu before? Yeah, I was, was going to ask, John, given that John knows comics well, did any of you know about Madame Xanadu before? And if, if not, what was it like, not just hearing your episode, but hearing the other episodes? Uh, have you, I don't know, have you actually checked out Madame Xanadu on your own? And, and like, if you haven't, no harm, no foul. But I'm curious, like, what was your relationship to so not just Madam Zandu, comics in general. Did you do comics before you recorded this? Hi, listeners. This is another tangent. We spent a few minutes talking about comic book stores and the locations of comic book stores and the comic book stores that we like. That information is really only relevant to us and really won't be helpful for you. So I'm going to skip forward now. Here's the next section. I'll speak to that because I... I had never heard of Madame Xanadu before. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not a comics person. Um, I, I know, I literally know nothing about Marvel, DC, like in the past couple of years, I think, and doing, and then doing this podcast, I remember like learning a lot about the Marvel uh, versus DC um, worlds, but I didn't know any of that before this. Um, uh, and I wish I could say that I had like, like gone, I did, you know, I did some research. I remember before we recorded this, um, but, but then like, I now thinking like, I wish I had like read the, the actual, the Madame Xanadu comics, but yeah, I don't know where to get, I don't know where to get those. Like, I don't know where to, where to, where I would get it. I can, I can help you out. I'll set you up with yeah. a whole bunch of stories. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel and the same so way. Maybe. 
maybe send us all a link so we can all read them. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea, I mean, actually. To be fair, Madame Xanadu, and John, you can speak to this, I'm sure, more than I can, but Madame Xanadu is not a, you know, one of the things that we do in the podcast is we pick lesser known characters out of that universe. So Madame Xanadu isn't necessarily a top tier character in the sense of every, it, not like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, everybody knows them. But Madame Xanadu hasn't really ever had her own title for very long, has she, John? Um, so back in the 70s, she was in an anthology series called Doorway to Nightmare. Um, and what was interesting about it was there were five issues and each issue was written and drawn by a completely different group, um, which is not normally how you do it in comics. Normally someone's writing for anywhere from 12 issues to, you know, 170 issues, just depending on the writer and, and how they can come up with. Um, there was a Vertigo series that lasted much longer that was written by Matt Wagner, who's a famous comic writer and drawn by Amy Reader and Michael Kaluta, who actually created the look of the character. There's a whole lot of history that goes into that, some of which we cover in a Patreon episode of the Comics Corner. Um, mm -hmm. So in case anybody wants to become a patron. I didn't, realize that, that's, I didn't realize that Matt Wagner wrote Xanadu. Mm -hmm. I, huh. Yeah, he wrote that, that second series. Um, what's, I actually did not think of the second series at all when I was writing this because the first series, it's very much just, you are dropped in the middle of a story, you are told nothing about this person. And mm -hmm. which, did that bother anybody as an actor? I know actors like to write biographies of people and you know, where does, where does this person come from? What did they do before they opened the door into this area? Yeah, certainly there's no background given in any of these stories. Madame Xanadu is a mysterious character that without, and we didn't certainly provide any kind of biography or background. So was that, yeah, was that an issue for any of you in performance? Did, did that throw you at all? Uh, not at all. I mean, I, I remember listening to the first episode and it was just, it was just intriguing because I just, everything, the writing and the way it's written and the way also Alex, uh, the way you perform it, you literally just visualize it. It just, it just comes up automatically. Like I saw every single thing that you were saying, if that makes sense. Um, but no, that did, didn't bother me not having any history because you've just from like the first sentences, you're just suddenly you have this character already in your, in your head, regardless. Of, I mean, we uh, know she has yeah. a deep love for the girl for, from Ipanema. That is like, we, <laughs> that is, that is now, that is now canon. Uh, I, I hope everybody is okay with from, that. From generation uh, to generation, no matter what decade, there's always some version going. We could release a vinyl with all of the covers uh, of Girl from Ipanema on there. It's, it's actually one of my absolute favorite things. I gave you so many ringtones out of that. I appreciate, yeah, like really, <laughs> and I've got them all, baby. Uh, if, uh, yes, if you guys have. Really, uh, the brief story on the basically as we were sitting down and chatting about this series of how it was made and like the actors cha everybody changes in the middle right like it's always different but the intro sequence is always the same almost and i was like i really want this like super cheesy like elevator music like walking through a lobby thing like where you're just like there's what is only this one song place? there's only one yeah, song and kelly was like there is only one song in existence that can do that he's like it's the girl from ipanema and i said <laughs> okay but can i change it every time to reflect the time period or just whatever i feel like making that day um and he said yes 
but you have to send me each version like solo as a ringtone and i was like i have them all uh so there's uh, a yeah there's the standard there's uh episode two is of course the the jazz big band yep uh three is the girl from the spa at ipanema yep. uh yeah the <laughs> yep and then uh four is uh the absolutely smashing girl yep. from ipanema yeah. with that really tacky orchestra thing it's so bad <laughs> but uh that's canon now john you're welcome uh <laughs> great song if you know what, if this takes off even more, what would be, it's gonna, a footnote of Xanadu's bio. What would be hilarious is if it showed up in a DC comic somewhere that like someone actually drew in that there was a radio playing Girl from Ipanema in the background. That it's just her jam. Uh, anyways, I hope you all go back and uh, listen to the Girl from Ipanema. Not the versions that I made, just the song because it's great. <laughs> One of the things that was atypical, although uh, to John's point about the way the original series was done, when, when we originally approached the the series, um, you know, with Wonder Woman, we cast Elizabeth Kelly as Wonder Woman. She's Wonder Woman all the way through. That's what you would expect. With this, the debate early on for us was, do we cast one person as Madame Xanadu? Uh, and, and actually, I did not know about, <clears throat> excuse me, Madame Xanadu's origins, but I remember coming to Matthew and John and saying, I actually would like to cast four different actors because these are standalone pieces in different time periods. And John actually as I recall, and if I'm wrong, John, be sure and correct me immediately. Um, but as I recall, you were very enthusiastic right out of the get-go. Matthew was a little gun shy of it, but you were enthusiastic. And I just now realized why you might have been, because it is, it is like changing out teams for the anthology. Um, so how did that, I'm curious, now that, now that we're on the other side of it, like, I've been a performer and I know what it is like to have done a role and then see somebody else in a role. And I even, even had the awkward experience of having to sideline myself and watch a, uh, an understudy perform a role in the show that you've been in. And that is actually, uh, you know, sort of magnificent and horrifying all at the same time, because, you know, uh, you're very familiar with it, given that you were all playing the same character, but in completely different episodes, not not in terms of like what you think about technique or anything, but I'm just curious, how was it to experience Madame Xanadu both from the inside and the outside, if that makes any sense, to to hear someone else portraying the character? Were there, did you notice similarities? Were there things that you heard you were like, oh crap, that was a great idea, maybe I should have grabbed that. Or or was it so unique for each one of you that it was like, nah, the, the way I did it is just, is the way, the way that would have gone down. Does that make sense? I'm not even sure that that was a good question. I just, how was that for anybody? Alex, I haven't heard from you in a long time, so I'm gonna pick on you. I know, I feel like I talked so much at the beginning, which is why I was trying not to, to talk. Not at all. Um, uh, yeah, I was sitting here thinking that it, it, you know, I did see similarities, which again, to the writing, you, you know, the way that her phrases, the way that she talks, she says, perhaps she does these things, that her little isms are the same throughout. But even in each episode, she's revealing a different side of herself or things that are vulnerable in each episode. That, and, and going back to the previous question, you do find out a little bit about her as you go on and the gems and the things that hurt her and why she is the way she is a little bit. Um, so I think that you do see multiple parts of this same person, even if it's different voices. So it, it was... Honestly, it was great to listen to everyone because it's sort of like seeing a person, but just broken apart 
and in different episodes because we all have different sides to us. We can get pissed off at technology or we're telling a spooky story, you know, but we're, we're kind of the same in, in a sort of a weird way. So I, it was a joy to listen to everyone else. Um, and I never for a second, like, think I just, yeah, I always thought we were the same. I don't know. But out of is yeah, not yeah, a yeah. good answer, but yeah, it, a joy. It was a joy. I, and playing her was great too, but I felt like I was doing my own little, my own little story. So mm-hmm. it never, yeah. Um, I also just want to say though, listening, it felt like there were similar cadences and we had never spoken. We were recording separately, but we all had similar cadences sometimes, which I thought was kind of spooky. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Steph, Christine, how was it for you guys? Um, just going off what Alex said, as far as the cadences and uh, I sensed that too, certain lines would come up and like hearing myself again, I was like, Ooh, that almost sounded like it could have been Alex saying that. And like, you know, I had a few of those moments. Now, I, I will admit, I've only listened to one and three, so I need to listen to the other ones. But my no guess, my guess is that Stephanie, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right there with us too. But yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So, um, Stephanie. sorry, go ahead, Christine. No, no, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um. Uh, yeah, like, like Alex said, it was really interesting to, I think, to, to hear the different parts of who she is brought out, like, in each episode. Each episode was, like, I think while, yeah, there were overriding themes about, like, how she speaks and who she is, each one was, like, a little bit different. And, and also, you know, in, in terms of, like, recording it, I think going back to the question you asked before, Kelly, about like not having a character history, um, I think uh, knowing that this character is being played by four different people kind of helped in that because it was like it added to like I say I, I say like way too much. I'm so sorry for saying like like, like. Um, but I think that helped. Um, in terms of creating who she was as a character, like knowing she can manifest at, as different people in different time periods really helped me think about who she was. Listeners, I'm back. This tangent was my fault. I decided to talk about structural themes and musical forms within Xanadu that really didn't pan out or work well or come across well in the interview. It's entirely my fault, and we're going to skip through it now to save my embarrassment. Building off of a phrase that Alex used, the... The idea that it's different facets of the same person. Each one of you brought a very particular thing, and and what it, and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit what I realized, really effectively after the fact is that, and John and I had discussed this. I knew this, but they were thematically linked, but they're actually completely, they're they're very different kinds of episodes, right? Whereas the first one is genuinely a ghost story, a, a horror tale right? One long, like over a campfire almost kind of thing. The second one is nothing like that. All of a sudden there's other, it's not just that there's other characters, but it's also, it's not a ghost story. It is actually a, um, uh, a, a plea for help, right? Like, you know, the, there's, there's this, this, uh, this horrible uh, gangster who has made this deal and she's doing the right thing. And then the third one is literally a murder mystery that vaguely ties back to the first one, 
because of a character crossover. Oh yeah, actually, Steph, I think you're, I also think you're Bloody Mary. I was just going to say that. I, I think so I'm pretty too. sure you're Bloody Mary. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause yeah. Alex, I remember that now. That gets killed. Leslie was the, the, the parent. You were also the best friend. And then ironically, you're also the voice of Bloody Mary. Yeah. We should, throw a big spoilers up John. <laughs> yeah, I was we could throw a big spoiler. I was going to say I was like if you could if you could tell it I was like I glitched the ever loving shit out of your voice for Bloody Mary, but like I appreciate like a... like yeah, I just I didn't even occur to me, but I'm like fuck if yeah. they had to it by now fuck them. Um no, still, have you heard have you heard the third one with Bloody Mary? I haven't. No. Oh, I haven't you'll hear your I basically I basically took your voice and ran it through a blender cuz it's supposed to sound like a glitching computer and then chopped it up i remember this now i this is all coming back now it's (laughs) it's so fucking scary sounding and so like so the third one is this murder mystery slash procedural which like which like structurally follows weirdly almost not not in the cheesy sense but like an ncsi sort of like we're figuring out what happened and then the fourth one is actually a heist it's a con job and a heist movie and and um i think i think y'all will appreciate this so Josh and I, Josh, of course, does all of the, he creates the world. He creates the sound. He creates, he scores them. He creates the music. And for things like this, he's also our narrator. Like when we go off tangent, when we make an edit, Josh will come on and literally say, we talked about like. Hi, well, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> hi, listeners. We talked for 15 minutes about nothing. So, <clears throat> so Josh is, you know, the jack of all trades. But the music wasn't working in the fourth episode. Um, you want to talk about it, Josh? Because that's your that's your ballet uh, pal. It is more entertaining. I, I like the time constraint on it too, because it really makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for for reference for you guys and for everybody listening, uh, Z- Madame Xanadu was recorded about three and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah, it took about that. two months to make these four episodes. So, starting uh, pretty much right when Wonder Woman wrapped, uh, when we finished that, I sat down and started Xanadu, and from June 1st to August 1st, pretty much, um, made all the episodes. And so, um, Kelly had had episode four for a little bit. This is what makes me laugh about it. Is he had had it for like a week or two. I had he, it for at least a week and a half. At that and he was a, he's a busy guy, so I, I don't discredit at all for this. And so he calls me and he goes, hey, bud, uh, I don't like the, the music in Xanadu 4 that much, is the... Is the Summary. He said it much nicer. I, but I, I was, was like, more. I swear to God, I was more diplomatic than that. But he was that is much not, more diplomatic. But that was that, the is, that is not and, an inaccurate representation. And yes. I was like, oh, thank God, I don't either. I was really weird about Xanadu for. I didn't know how to write. I was weird. It was just odd to me because I kind of dug myself into this hole from the previous three episodes. I had sort of set this, what it sounds like, and so by the time we got to the fourth episode, I was like, but that doesn't really work for this. But I don't know what else to do for this. So. You know what? I'll I'll stick to uh, this. Oh, which is what made all of the music in Xanadu. <laughs> really? What is it? This single box. It is an electron digitone. It's a synthesizer, and basically every time you hear Xanadu come in, and that really weird washy pad like floating sound comes in, mm-hmm. it's that thing. Uh, the sound effects are made differently, but that thing makes all most of the music aside from like the orchestra bits. Um, and basically, so I had used that, and you know that thing is you can program. I basically spent two weeks of writing music for Xanadu, programming that thing so I could hit a button on it and it would 
randomly make up the music for Xanadu. It's entirely random. It just comes up with it on its own, which is part of the aesthetic of it. I was like, I spent all of this time to make it sound. So I was like, okay, cool. We'll go with this feel. Kelly calls me. I don't like it. It's a heist movie. And I go, okay. So it takes about a week and a half to write the music for an episode. And we have about six days, really four or five days without, uh, if you want to be real. And he goes, uh, he goes, can we, it's the heist. Have you seen Ocean's Eleven? And I was like, of course I've seen Ocean's Eleven. And I go, and I was like, I would love to score this as Ocean's Eleven. Problem is Kelly, we have four days and I cannot score this thing as Ocean's Eleven. But Kelly's like, okay, but this scene at the end, near the end, really doesn't work. And I'm like, I agree. That one really doesn't work. Can we rescore that one? And I'm like, yes, we can rescore like a couple scenes. So we rescored it with it. And I had basically figured out by sitting and listening to all of Ocean's Eleven again one day that all the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack is, is a really cool bass line and some bongos. That's really true. It's um, about it. <laughs> and so I, uh, I made it with the, with the, base the bongos and all the all the stuff and i was like oh this might be it because it's like at the it's at the end where spoiler alert they're like oh it was her cousin the whole time this whole thing's a giant con and like basically it goes silent he figures out the cousin just like and you're like oh oh and i was like i don't you know i don't know and i played it for kelly over the phone like i will regularly do this thing where i'll just put his put my phone next to one of my speakers and just play the music and be like, do you like this? It's much easier than uploading a full episode. Do you like this three seconds over the phone? And he does his universal sign of approval for me, which is fucking nailed it, bud. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, ever, yeah. Um, so we've yeah. decided now that I think over the time, over time, maybe in a couple <laughs> weeks from now, I'm going to rescore all of episode four to sound like Ocean's Eleven. And we're going to release like a special edition of episode four as like yeah. a full-on oceans 11 like resound designed like remastered like it's gonna be the most absurd thing you've ever heard and i'm here for it uh, here's the good news is that just the, the biggest problem was the last scene where uh actually again alex you were you were playing zatara uh re- like reveals that it's not that's not faust's son it's her in disguise pulling the scam and we still had like sort of the horror spooky music over all of this, not expositional dialogue, but basically explanation of how the, the con was pulled kind of thing. And it just felt like it lasted for about a year. It just, it just, it, mm-hmm. no, no fault of the actors, no fault of the script. It just, the music with that just made it feel like it just went on and on and on. And I was like, okay, for the love of God, can we just do that much? And Josh was like, yes, I think we can pull up. And I don't, if you haven't, it's worth listening to just for that episode, just for that scene, because it hits and the heist music cuts in, and the scene is two minutes long. Boom! It's like it's night and day. If you've yeah. ever wondered if music affects how a piece is playing, oh my god, yes! All you I'm, need I'm, is I'm, some bass line, some bongos, and a really sneaky flute. And once that's in a it. while, yeah. That's why yeah. I'm gonna get that like put up on a poster somewhere. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the behind the scenes content for Madam Xanadu. This is part one of the interview with the three Xanadus. Part two will be released at the end of the behind the scenes content before the launch of our next series coming in October. You can find us on all social media platforms at the Superhero Podcast. Episodes like this are brought to you by listeners like you supporting us on Patreon. 
you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the superhero podcast. Thanks for listening.